0: Every player has moments they remember, vivid memories of joy, competitive fire, and heart-wrenching grief. These moments, for better or worse, can stay with us, define us, and even move us forward in life. For Claire DeWillius, her moment took place in 2012, and was one of glory. The Division II Northern Sun Conference Tournament, it's Championship Day, up at Taylor Arena in Rochester today. And uh, just completed moments ago, the number one seed, Wayne State, the number two team in the country, and the number two seed in the tournament, Augustana, the number 22 team in the country. It's the game
1: against, the obviously, years. our rivals in Augustana. If I'm not mistaken, we split during the regular season, I think, and so it was like, all right, this is our last shot at redemption and proving ourselves, we were, we were the one seed, they were the two seeds, so it was like, you know, it was like story, storybook. And um, I think the score was 59-59. Uh, we had a sideline out-of-bounds play. And when we were drawing it up, coach was like, and Claire, you're going to come down to the, the, the closest block and then fade back to the, to the far left slot.
0: 2.7 seconds left. Let's go to Jay Elson and Travis Trappagin for the end of this one.
2: Simply post Whitney up. Is that a possibility with That's what she's done? It's very possible and use, use her as a decoy. Hanson inbound. DeWillius, top shooter in the league. That's a buzzer and it's
0: good. Claire DeWillius hits the shot and Wayne State is your NSIC tournament champion. 61 59 the final. What a finish.
1: Uh, my teammate just had a nice little overhead pass and it luckily went in and it was just, it was fun. I'll always remember that. I can vividly remember exactly how that felt. My parents were in the stands. My grandparents were in the stands. I look up, like, eventually my sister was up there. She was crying. I was like, whoa, what, what's happening? But it was, it was just kind of a fun day.
0: Claire DeWillius had been quiet, at least by her standards here today, but she hits the biggest shot of all, a two-pointer at the buzzer. To beat Augustana, 61-59 in Wayne State. Just two years later, with undergrad and master's degrees in hand, Duilius applied for the operations coordinator position with the Minnesota Lynx. She would be interviewed by none other than head coach Cheryl Reeve.
3: Uh, yeah, of course I remember interviewing Claire, but she um, she brought along in the interview. Uh, did she tell you about the game-winning shot that she that she showed I saw in the interview? On <laughs> oh, she showed it. In oh yeah, she showed it. Yeah. Uh, so she had a nice, you know, in, in typical Claire fashion, she was organized and she had a presentation and part of the presentation, uh, was her hitting that shot. Yeah. She understood, you know, kind of, you know, suggesting that she understood what it what, what it takes to win a championship it would be helpful to our group.
1: I can remember seeing her walk in. I was waiting in the waiting room, like waiting for our interview, like, sweating twiddling my thumbs like all these things and she comes in and like the first thing I lock in on was this giant WNBA championship ring that was dangling off her finger so I don't know you just have like you can feel a champion's like presence when they walk in a room so like for some reason gave me some sort of confidence like okay I can like I can do this and our interview my interview went went pretty well and um I'd like to think at least so we yeah we just hit it off
0: Welcome to Lynx Dynasty. I'm your host, Neil Olstad. This is a podcast about Minnesota's most successful franchise and the people, themes, and philosophies that make it special. The basketball operations staff of any WNBA team's front office is likely smaller than you think. A handful of individuals take on the duties covered by dozens of people in the WNBA's older brother league, the NBA. Everyone must wear many hats, work long hours, and be ready to contribute in a wide array of situations. No position better exemplifies this type of whatever-it-takes attitude and work ethic than that of the operations coordinator. This was the job DeWillius was interviewing for back in 2014. Cheryl Reeve was immediately impressed and hired her.
3: You know, Claire was young at the time, but she had already um, kind of bitten off going from being a player to uh, being a part of operations and coaching, you know, in in her life right after basketball so thought she was ready you know it's it's always your concern a player going from that role to now supporting players when you used to be the player that was supported and you have to have the right temperament for it and Claire you know if you're around Claire you know that um, she's uh, exceptional to deal with you know in terms of great temperament never too high never too low and, uh, you know, attention to detail is something that she grasped, like, instantly. She thought, okay, me and coach are going to get along if <laughs> I, I pay attention to what I, how I spell and, and, you know, that I have the numbers right, and, and um, you know, we, 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 we share that passion for uh, the details.
0: Details is a word you'll hear a lot when talking to Reeve or DeWillius. They are both bound by their passion of taking care of the little things. The role of operations coordinator is just that. Details surrounding logistics, practice, and just about anything else that allows the players to focus on being their best on the floor. But enough of me trying to describe it. Let's hear it from DeWillius herself, someone who held the position for the last four seasons.
1: Um, I kind of like to think of it as almost a service-based, um, position just because it's, it's a constant of taking care of the coaches, taking care of the players and making sure, um, our group gets from point A to point B and they have everything they need. Um, a lot of the operations is behind the scenes and people don't know, like I remember the first three years that I had the job, I would be like, yeah, I'm the operations manager. And everyone would just have this puzzled look on their face. Like, okay, what does that mean? You know? So, so, um, just, just everything, surrounding detail around how our players and and coaches and our travel party and et cetera, just, um, you know, get from here to there. And I do flights, hotels, transportation of all sorts. So, um, and then in addition to that, it's, taking care of our players when we're in market at apartments and again transportation you know whether it's getting their vehicles here from wherever they come from um, and just anything you know if anything comes up to any of our players I want them to know that they have the freedom to you know have me at the top of their uh, favorites list you know in, in their phone, so that they can they can call me anytime and right. and then in practice um, practice has kind of transitioned a little bit formerly it was just making sure the players kind of had everything they needed and, and player relations in a way that, you know, they had the socks and ankle braces and everything, you know, the waters are nice and cool in the frit. You know, just, just anything that you think of that, um, you know, f- lets the players focus on playing and the coaches focusing on coaching.
0: Last summer, after Link's practices, you could find DeWillius stationed in front of the large ball rack built into a wall at Mayo Clinic Courts, meticulously rotating each basketball so that each of the logos faced the same way.
1: It is detail, and it's important. You know, like you want the players to come in and just feel like they're the the best of the best and pros on every level. And if that means making sure the Spalding faces out, like that's absolutely what I want to do.
3: You know, most most of her job has always been about you know dealing with players, you know the players' needs. Uh, but then in the off season, she really started to evolve into a person I was counting on more to help me, because uh, oftentimes in the off season in the WMBA, your staff isn't with you. And we don't have a scout team of, you know, 10 people or more that go all over the country and international scouting, etc. We don't have all that. We are the yeah, scouters. Yeah. Um, and, and Claire was somebody that uh, just started to take an interest in watching games. You know, um, she has a, you know, her, her family's in Des Moines. So she'd say, hey, I'm going to go to Des Moines. You want me to go to Ames and watch so-and-so play? And so uh, we just started having conversations about a bigger picture. What, what's next mm-hmm. after, you know, this coordinator role?
0: Prior to the 2018 season, the Minnesota Lynx underwent their most significant front office overhaul in 15 years. Longtime general manager Roger Griffith was stepping down. Griffith had been with the Timberwolves as CFO since 1994, and when former NBA commissioner David Stern asked Timberwolves owner Glenn Taylor if he would be interested in a WNBA expansion team in Minneapolis, Taylor tapped Griffith, his son-in-law, to work on the project. So Griffith had literally been with the team since its inception back in 1999 and had been general manager since 2003. As GM, his first few years were rocky, but prior to the 2010 season, he hired Reeve, traded for Lindsey Whalen, and drafted Rebecca Brunson. Drafting Maya Moore and trading for Sylvia Fowles in the following few years vaulted the team to heavyweight status. Griffith played a major role in the molding of this modern WNBA dynasty. With Griffith retired, Reeve has taken over as general manager and promoted Duilius to assistant GM.
1: I remember when Cheryl and I had like the initial conversation, and I like took a little gulp out of my throat, and I was like, "Oh, like again, like so grateful and um, up for the challenge for sure, and just um, wanting to learn every day." So, like, what is it
3: that you want for your career? Because I believe in you know, upward movement and, and what can we, what, how can I help you achieve, you know, your, your career goals. And so asked her if that would be something she'd be interested in, you know, are, are you an interested in coaching? Are you interested in the, you know, um, uh, player development? Are you interested in evaluation? And we just started having those conversations and, and then, uh, we tried to find a path forward for that.
1: Um, so when I first got the job, I had a dual report. So I reported to Cheryl and I reported to Roger and, um, appreciate them for, for a lot of same reasons, but a lot of different reasons too. Um, They're quite different, but um, learning from both entities was, um, I think, such a great thing because I learned so much from, from both of them.
3: No, I think, I think anybody that's worked for Roger, um, you know, you you know his way. So he was probably the, you know, he and I had deeper conversations uh, around personnel than I think that he and Claire did. Although I'm sure they had some personnel conversations because Roger was more of a, A consensus leader where you know he would he would ask you know people their opinion and and so I'm sure there were points that you know especially as as close as Claire was to players in the locker room that you'd have a good feel for things and who might be a good fit for our team so uh, I think for Roger and I um, you know we just we, we just did so much together in terms of communication around the team and around transactions um, you, know, I don't, you know, I don't think Claire's reached that level you know, yet in terms of, um, you know, she'll go through a full cycle here once we get, you know, into the off season and you start talking about free agency and trades. That's a whole other animal. That's when she's really going to come into her full role as an assistant general manager. But um, I think Roger, you know, prided himself on, on teaching. He would teach Claire, you know, whether it was about certain things with contracts and timing and things you want to do, things you don't want to do. Uh, the same way, you know, that he and I, I was more experienced with him than, than Claire um, in that I was already a general manager in the league. And um, so, but I, I, you know, when you, when you have someone like Roger, you step back and you just let him do everything. And it would just be conversations and he would go execute. And so now I have to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's uh, definitely more challenging to, to serve in both roles.
0: Duilius had learned from Griffith and Reeve over the years and would now be counted on to put that knowledge into action. She was ready to step into a new role, but as with any new position, sometimes on the job training is the best teacher
1: it was It was a busy off season just trying to learn um a lot of different things and um so I think draft like prep for the draft was um something that kind of it was, it was different because there was more player evaluation and, and understanding um, paperwork that had to be done and, and also doing the, like I mentioned before, the spreadsheet that um, contained all the salary cap and everything. So um, in addition to, like, whenever we get a, a international player prepping their visa work and making sure all of those ducks are in a row and just, just little things, you know, like that. Again, attention to detail is is the name of the game, so... In practice, for example, like in years past, I would probably um, do a little bit less of like watching the actual play on court and making sure rather that everyone was taken care of and that they had what they need. Now I'm taking more of a um, a stance where I am looking and seeing and um, just trying to get a bit well-versed with what how the players are interacting and how our roster is actually going to produce for us. So it's a little bit different.
0: The goals and mindset of a coach and GM are often at odds. Generally, a coach is supposed to be focused on the immediate future. Most of their time and energy is put into winning the very next game and making the most out of a single season. A GM's role is to take a longer view, one that is less concerned about the team on a game-to-game basis and more in the medium-to-long-term standing of the franchise. Also, the dual role is just a lot of work for one person. The necessary scouting, game planning, and preparation required to successfully coach a professional basketball game is immense. To then add the stresses of being a GM, including salary cap management, roster moves, and dealing with player agents seems downright overwhelming. With all that said, the coach-GM combination is actually common in the WNBA. Reeves' promotion makes her the sixth coach to also be the general manager. One of her contemporaries is Indiana Fever coach and GM, Pokey Chapman.
2: It's all I know. Um, So it was never an adjustment period for me. My biggest adjustment when I was not the GM last year. Uh, It's one of those things where um, you want to maintain that control uh, because you know what you need in that moment. You know what you need next because you're building a team. You know, we don't have the luxury of five years out. We're building it three years out, maybe. She probably has five because she's pretty damn secure with the success that she's had. But uh, just those nuances. But I think it gives you an extra layer uh, with players in terms of motivating them and having conversation with them and then wanting to play. They want to make sure they please their coach, who's also the GM. Um, and, you know, it gets it gets it gets a little um, nuanced during the season. When there's trade deadlines and the whole nine yards, uh, seven-day contracts, injuries. Uh, so, I mean, that's an adjustment, but she doesn't have to worry about that too much because they're pretty experienced and solid.
0: Reeve isn't in this alone. She's got a coaching staff, a video coordinator, a statistician, and, of course, an assistant GM. After all, that's why she promoted DeWillius. She now has someone to lighten the load when her stress level is high and available time is low.
1: I think that I just tried to add value to her in, in whatever way, like if I can make a dis- dinner reservation for her, if it makes it like anything. And I mean like anything, if, if it can help her focus on whatever, sh- whatever she needs to focus on, like she knows that I'm her right hand in, in doing that. Like I'm willing to do um, whatever, whatever she and everyone in our, in our organization needs. So um, just, I think um, keeping in mind like important dates, uh, whether it be like cutoff dates that are coming up for uh, final final roster cutdowns or trade deadlines, et cetera, just trying to keep all of those things in focus. And um, I have a long list of reminders in my phone, and, and sometimes they're for me, and sometimes they're for other people, you know. But like uh, just just trying to to be an extra aid to her for whatever she might need.
0: Even with the help from Duilius and her staff, Reeve admits that it's been an adjustment period. This season, there's more in her mind and more responsibility falling on her.
3: Well, probably, I didn't have to worry about things, deadlines. I didn't didn't have to plan. I didn't have to. I just had to, you know, if there was something pending, Roger would come talk to me and say, hey, you know, we got this deadline coming up. What do you think? Uh, Maybe even having been on the phone, maybe hearing maybe what might be around the corner, you know, do we want to get involved? And so um, I don't have that now. Now that's me. And so now I have to split my, not necessarily split 50-50, but I have to share you know some of the time I'd spend on coaching and video and player stuff you now have to be more aware and you have to you know designate x amount of time you know to stay on top of those things and salary cap management especially in our case when uh, we're spending every penny of our salary cap you know you're making moves you know like a seven-day contract the timing of when you sign your seven-day contract and um, you know, just making sure. So I got to make sure that we don't go over the cap. You know, the league's not going to let you go over the cap, but it's one of those things you got to sit there and do the math and you got to plan. You got to look at, you got to go, okay, if I sign them on June 20th, how much money they make? And, okay, how much money do I have? You know, and then I got to go close that up and then go watch video and prepare the next opponent.
0: By nature and by necessity, Reeve needs to rely on the efforts and collective knowledge of her basketball operations staff. That's easier said than done. As both the coach and the GM, she's the ultimate face of the franchise. The blame falls directly on Reeve if anything goes wrong. And yet, she's empowered her staff and puts immense value in diversity of thought.
1: It's it's our whole staff, so it's our whole coaching staff, um, our video coordinator, our statistician, and Cheryl, obviously. And, um, and so we just kind of meet and we talk and we have roster boards hanging up there in her office and we kind of might play around and move this this player over here and like what is that how does it impact our salary cap how does that impact our roster dynamic etc so we just we kind of play around and um the thing I love about Cheryl too is that she's an information gatherer and she she doesn't care who it comes from she says if it if it's something that whoever might feel strongly about she wants to hear it so that she can at least um, process it and chew on it a little bit and say, "Mm," she might, she might disagree and she might communicate that, but that's, I mean, more information is more information. And I just appreciate that. And she creates a atmosphere where everyone feels comfortable, like, you know, putting their two cents in. And, um, so we, we kind of discuss those kinds of things in our staff meetings, which is, which is nice, but in the off season, um, when some people kind of go away, she still does a, a pretty good job of, um, just kind of gathering all all the minds and and seeing what everyone kind of thinks
3: I've always felt like there's just well there's so much information available you know to help you help guide you to landing on your final decision so I like to make sure that um that there are resources around me that people people will say things that you go well that was really rather simple you know and that you know like Yeah, like the simple way probably is the good way. Uh, Or someone like Swanee who can inundate you with every possible analytic uh, metric you can think of. um, And it will drive you nuts. Uh, You know, you can't have this player on the floor with this player at this time because then this will happen. And, you know, and that can go too far. Um, But I think I've been somebody that just flood me with information. I think everyone has value. Um, You know, it doesn't matter if you don't have, you know, however many years of coaching. It doesn't matter if you've never coached in the WNBA. You're around the team. And ultimately, you know, you put everything in the pile. And then the coach, it's your job to sift through that pile and come out with a final determination of the direction. I like empowering people. I think that's important. I know, you know, when I was a young person, I appreciated somebody that uh, let me, you know, speak my, my opinion. I think you also learn uh, that you better think before you talk, you know, because if you're, if, you know, you say it to, to me, I might use it. And if I use it and that information turned out not to be completely accurate, then you go, shoot, is she going to believe me again or should I, you know, so I'm big on that too. I got to trust your information. So you better, you better have done your homework. You better have done, you know, you you can't just, you know, kind of just, you know, a random thought kind of thing with no basis to it. So I also, I like to poke, poke holes in theories. So if somebody has an opinion and I'm not sure whether I should trust it. I'm going to poke a lot of holes in it and, and, and see how, uh, see what your conviction is around your statement. So I just enjoy that. I enjoy um, challenging people and, and, uh, and then challenging myself too.
0: If you're around the links for any amount of time, you'll witness the unique bond the group shares. A lot of that is built on their core being together for the better part of a decade. But mostly it starts at the top, with the franchise's head coach and now GM forging relationships that extend past basketball. Reeve saw something in DeWillius that day way back in 2014. Attention to detail, organization, commitment to excellence, and that sweet shot to win the NSIC title. As DeWillius continues to climb the organizational ranks, she has found herself in the enviable position of working directly under Reeve, someone who champions her and pushes her to succeed at the highest levels. A mentor in basketball, and in life,
1: I'm so appreciative of of the work dynamic that we have, and obviously she cares about how I'm, how I'm doing personally. And um, when someone is like in your corner like that, it's it just is a really empowering atmosphere. And I obviously want to be my best. I know the players and and everyone on staff wants to be their best. Um, not not necessarily to please her, but to to make sure that we're a well-oiled machine and that. Um, you know, we're just trying to make this franchise the best it can be.
0: Thanks for listening to episode five of Link's Dynasty. Special thanks to Claire DeWillius, Cheryl Reeve, and Pokey Chapman for their time. Additional audio courtesy of Midco Sports Network please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or in your podcast app of choice. If you enjoyed this show, please recommend it to someone. You know, that special person in your life who likes basketball and podcasts. Lynx Dynasty is produced, written, and hosted by me, Neil Olstad. You can follow me on Twitter at links_dynasty dynasty and read my Minnesota Lynx coverage at canishupis.com. Thanks for listening.